Well, Cedar Point Recovery, how's everybody doing? You guys doing good? And I'm grateful for you guys, grateful that you're here. Um, if I haven't had the chance to introduce myself, if you haven't met me, my name's Aaron. I am one of the pastors here at Cedar Point Church, and I am grateful for you guys. And uh, before we get started tonight, I wanted to make one quick announcement. As you can see, I've got some of my Awakened swag on. And so, men, I'm talking to you. Um, we've got a men's event coming up this week, this Thursday, to be precise. It's our Awakened Men's Conference. And so we want you to get signed up. We want you to come be a part of this. It's going to be April 21st. That's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We're going to have five speakers. It's going to be incredible. And so, again, men, sign up. It's not too late just to be a part of this story-changing event. Um, as, man, we just, we're going to speak directly to you. We're going to be blunt. We're going to be bold. And uh, hopefully you go home changed, man, because that's our prayer. And so, women, sign your, sign your men up. Just send them away. We know you could use a break, just uh, some alone time in the house, and then hopefully they come back a little bit different. Right, um, but again, hope you guys can be a part of that. And then Sunday, we've got a ladies' event coming up here at the church, um, and so that's going to be at six thirty. Um, it's going to be a great event for you, ladies, too. And so, men, um, what's what's better than spending three days to yourself than coming home and getting rid of your wife for a little bit? And so. Um, <laughs> Um, do the same thing. Just send them. It's going to be a story-changing event, too. And so uh, we just, uh, coming off of Easter weekend, we've got an incredible, another credible weekend here at Cedar Point Church planned for you guys. So we hope that you can just be a part of both of those things. It's going to be great. Well, you guys ready to get started? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, just for this opportunity just to come to your presence, Father, and to pursue you and to pursue what you have for us. God, I pray that, that tonight you would open our eyes and our ears to you, to the things of God. We pray for your Holy Spirit to join us, to fill this place and do a mighty work in our lives. God, and I just pray for every individual that you've brought here, Father. I pray that their eyes would be open to the plan and to the purpose of God, Lord, that their ears would be open to your voice, God. We speak against every stronghold in their lives. We pray that they'd be torn down, that people would find freedom from addiction, God, that you would just deal with sickness, with illness, Father, whether it be mental, physical, or spiritual, God, and we just pray that as we leave this place tonight that we would never be the same again, and we thank you, Father, for this. We thank you for this church, for this ministry. Lord, I thank you for these people, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Well, I am excited about tonight's message. It's not often that, that I'm ahead in planning, if anybody knows me. I'm what you call a procrastinator, and uh so hopefully, hopefully, uh, with the expectation that I have just on my heart that I don't just like crash and burn, because that, that happens to me a lot. Like I put all this work in, and I'm super proud of what I've done, and then pride comes before the fall, and I fail. Um, but I am excited. But um, have you ever sat and thought about the incredible life-altering things that we get to enjoy now today? Like uh, the things that have changed over the last 20 years. Anybody ever thought about that? Just the things that, that were different from your childhood? Some of you are probably sitting in here right now, and you're like, I should Google that. Google being one of those things, right? Do you guys remember a time without Google? Um, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this today. I've got, I've got six kids, and not one of these kids know a world without Google. That's, just, that's insane to me. I grew up with the old-fashioned encyclopedia set still. My parents had that. Um, I mean, I think people were starting to have computers, but we were like on the lower end of the income line. So we had a, a dated encyclopedia set that if I wanted to know something, I had to go open a book. My kids, they go to the kitchen, and they say, hey, Google, and this little round dot thing speaks to them and lets them know. It's just wild. But that's not the only thing that's changed, right? Um, anybody in here enjoy some Netflix, right? I mean, we can sit in our living room and we can stream whatever we want for hours on end. 
I went to Blockbuster when I was a kid. My kids don't even know what that is. They're like, video store, what? I mean, it's just something that they just, they can't even wrap their minds around the convenience of streaming whatever we want. And I'll be honest, today, we don't give it a second thought. If my TV buffers, I want to throw a brick through it, completely forgetting the fact that I used to have to go to a video store, spend three hours looking for a movie so I could spend an hour and a half watching it. And I mean, we just don't even know, man. And then Amazon. I love Amazon. As you guys know, if you've been here for any amount of time, um, me and Amazon are too close of friends. We really are. And, and I love the fact that, that I can get things in two days. Um, I'm, I'm a Prime member since you could be a Prime member. And uh, I will die with my Prime membership. And it's just, it's a spectacular thing. Um, but then COVID hit, right? And we had, we had more than a two day wait. Anybody remember the dark ages um, when they were like, oh, it's going to be a week. And we're like, what? A week? I can't handle this. I want my product now. And then some things didn't even show up and be out of stock. And it's like, what kind of world do we live in? And, and what's happened over the last 20 years? Like these things were not commonplace then, but they're such a commonplace now that I can't imagine life without them. I can't imagine life without being able to Google things and prove my children wrong and rub it in their face. I couldn't imagine life without going home and kicking on Amazon, Netflix, or, or something like that. I just couldn't, and I could not imagine going to the restroom without shopping. I don't know about any of you, but that's my favorite thing to do is, is go to the restroom, some me time, and buy a few things so that I can look pretty, and I just like that. And, and that's the world we live in now, but Here's the thing, it wasn't always that way. And we take these spectacular, life-changing, life-altering things, and we take them for granted, don't we? We take them for granted. And the moment they mess up, the moment they mess up, we begin to flip out. And, and one of my favorites, one of my favorites, um, I am a tech guy, it's this little guy here. Um, and, and I'm an Apple guy, I do like the iPhone. It's okay if you're an Android person, um, you know, maybe you can get into heaven, I don't know. Um, <laughs> But, but I remember when the iPhone came out, um, I don't know if any of you do, it's like over 15 years ago. And I was actually sitting watching Steve Jobs present this thing and I had no idea who this, this clown was. And I'm watching this presentation and I'm waiting for the punchline because the device that he was presenting was so ahead of its time that I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke and it was this incredible device that would just do anything you wanted to do. And now if I'm more than three feet away from it, I feel like I'm missing a piece of my clothes. And it's just so incredible. Um, I actually pulled up some facts about, the, about phones, our smartphones, because it's just interesting to me how advanced they are and how much we take them for granted. Because um, I don't know if you guys remember your teacher saying you're not always gonna have a calculator so you need to learn math. They were terribly long, bunch of liars. Um, but, but our phones... They have incredible computing power. And I looked up a couple facts on it. Just, it just blew my mind. Um, there's 7 million times the memory that the guidance computer had on the Apollo moon landing. So think about this. Your phone could send people to the moon. Send people to the moon. It has 100,000 times the computing power. I mean, it's like they sent people to, to a space rock with like slide rulers. And we carry this thing around in our pocket. We give it to toddlers and let them suck on it. I mean, and just chew on it, just their very fingers all over it. Um, but we take all these things, we take all these things and they become second rate. They become just background noise in our lives. And the fact is, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we allow Jesus to, to become the same thing. 
Um, years ago, I sat in this very room and, and I allowed my life to be impacted by him. And then I woke up the next day and I, I began to just live life like I hadn't experienced him in such a significant way. And, and we allow it to become background noise. And as we come into Easter, I mean, we had Easter last year. Man, do we really need to celebrate it again this year? And I mean, Christmas is coming up. We get it. Jesus was born. And, and we just allow these things to become that, right? Am I the only one that's honest in church? I mean, I know we all feel it, right? We all feel it. It just becomes another event. It becomes another thing. And it was never meant to be that way. It was never meant to be the outdated iPhone or the, the Netflix that's buffering, that it was meant to be special and unique every day and every day and every day. And in fact, it's meant to get better and better and better, but we allow it to become this thing that just sits in the back, that, that we lay down on the coffee table, that we pick up on Sunday morning and we live the rest of our lives. Like, like Jesus didn't impact us and change our stories in significant ways. And I wanna challenge you tonight to not lose the fire, to not lose the drive, to not allow what God has done in your life to become white noise in the background against an ever evolving and ever changing life that that the God that saved you yesterday is still great today and so we want to talk about the fact that God showed up and that's the title of tonight's message but God showed up and what I want to do is I want to take Easter weekend into Monday and so if you're a part of our church hopefully you guys showed up on Good Friday Good Friday was a great service and and we showed up in and we celebrated or we remembered the crucifixion that, that Jesus had died that he had laid down his life and we came into Easter weekend and we had Saturday and Sunday here and we celebrated the resurrection. You know, the tomb's empty so I don't have to be and we have all those memes and we have all those sayings and then it's back to life as normal, right? Well, it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be. That we need to carry that message that we celebrated over the last couple days into our recovery, into our families, into our community every single day. Monday through Friday. And so tonight, on Monday, we're going to continue pushing that message. And so tonight, we're going to look further. We're going to look past the resurrection. We're going to look past the empty tomb. We're going to look past salvation. And we're going to talk about the other things that God's done for us, the other implications of that sacrifice and the way it impacts our lives, our marriage, and our recovery. And so tonight, as we get started, I would like you guys to open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20. If you have a Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so, that's in your Old Testament. It's in your Old Testament. I know it's kind of a little bit before Jesus, but we're going to start there. And so we got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so it's the fifth book of your Old Testament. And Deuteronomy is, it's a, it's a hard read. I'm just saying, if you guys get in there, it's heavy. It's heavy. Um, it, it takes a little pushing to get through it. But we're going to spend just a moment in Deuteronomy. And so starting in verse 20, it says this. In the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? And so what's taking place here is Moses is talking to the nation of Israel. This is God's chosen people. And they've been delivered from Egypt. And here they are. They're heading to the promised land to God's promise to build this great and mighty nation. And God had given them the Ten Commandments. They have all these rules, have all these laws. And they're kind of like re-emphasizing this because they've gotten off track a few times. And so Moses is going over it and he's saying, Man, your children are gonna ask you what the meaning of this is. What, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord God has commanded us to obey? So basically, in the future, when people forget, what are we doing and why are we doing this? Why are we coming to church? What, what was this about again? So in the future, 
You need to look back to, to your first love, to the beginning. And so in verse 21, it says then, then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slave, but the Lord, say, but the Lord. But the Lord, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hands. Basically, but we were slaves and God showed up. But our marriage was broken and God showed up. That, that we have the same story that they had. That there was things in our lives that, that God set us free from. That God changed about our struggle. And God changed our story. And so any moment that we begin to wonder, what are we doing here? Why are we showing up? What is this about? That we look back and remember, but God. And so he continued in verses 22 through 25. It said, the Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes. Moses is reminder, and this is what happened. This is what God did, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land. He had sworn to give our ancestors and the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and to preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands that the Lord God has given us. And so I love the Old Testament. I does because it is, tells us about, about our need for Jesus. It tells us about our need for salvation. It points us to, to, to our, our freedom and I love just the miracles and the stories. And so if, if you guys are familiar with the story of the Israelites, God did amazing things. There's amazing miracles we read about. They were in captivity in Egypt. Egypt was the greatest nation that had ever been known. And there in their slavery and their captivity, God sent Moses to have them freed. They showed up with 10 plagues. As they're leaving, he parted the Red Sea. And I read these stories. I'm like, man, that's the God I wanna serve. I mean, he did all these just amazing things, took him into the wilderness, made a rain down manna. God provided for them day in and day out. And I read these stories. And if I'm not careful, I look back and say, man, I wish God was that way today. And he is. And I look back and man, I wish God would do that today. And he does. And he does. And we read these stories as if they're a fairy tale because we've let our noise, our lives become white noise. We fail to recognize the miracles. We fail to recognize the fact that the many of you are sitting here today because God's strong hand delivered you from slavery of addiction. That many of you are sitting here today because God lifted you up out of your darkness and set you free from depression. That many of you are here today because God was your freedom in your time of need and then you become just another person showing up on a Sunday forgetting the God that we serve is the God of miracles. And so God did these amazing things, these amazing things. And so, but is nothing compared to what we have today because of Jesus. That when we look at the God of the Old Testament, that when we look at the God of miracles in the Bible and we read about these things, that it's nothing compared to what we have the opportunity to experience today. That, that in fact, we look with envious eyes backwards, but if they had the opportunity, they would look to what we have and say, man, that's wonderful. That, that God's promise finally showed up. You see, they lived in a time where they looked forward to what we experience today. That everything they did was pointed to this moment, to this time, this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection. And we read our Bible hoping that we could serve that God and be in that time. And every single one of them was looking forward to this moment. And if we're not careful, we miss it. 
If we're not careful, we miss that we serve the God that, that is resurrected, that we serve a God of freedom, that we serve a God of incredible miracles, one that's defeated death and sin, and we get to live in a spectacular time, but we look back and we miss the point. And so we look at the mighty miracles of the Bible and forget that God is the same yesterday as he is today, that God is the same yesterday as he is today and forever, and that the God of miracles, he still wants to move today. And he still does. So the big deal was Jesus justified, justified our sins at the cross, that he died, that he was resurrected, that he set us free. And that's such a big deal, but there's so much more to that. Now that's not the end, that's the beginning. That that what God's done for us is significant. And we miss the point, we miss the point. And so the big deal is through Jesus, we are justified, that we're made right, that we're forgiven, And it's a gift, this forgiveness is. And Jesus, when we ask him, he becomes Lord of our lives and we get to look forward to heaven with him. Um, But there are things that we need to experience beyond this. Jesus said this in John 14, 12. I love this. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Think about that, that Jesus was speaking, that, that anyone who believes in him will do the same works that he's done and even greater works. But why? because I'm going to be with the Father, that, that this could not take place until Jesus' death and resurrection. And again, we look back and, and we're living in the experience that Jesus came for, that I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done. Think about the miracles of the Bible. Think about the things that we look back on and think about the promise of God that we have the opportunity to, to walk this out, to live this, to experience this and even greater works, all because of what Jesus did at the cross, all because of his death, and all because of his resurrection, and all because of the freedom that we get to live in today. And so some of you, you're still stuck in sin because you forget that you serve a God of freedom, that you serve a God of miracles. Some of you out there are still wanting and waiting, forgetting that your God provides. Some of you are still stuck in bad relationships and broken marriages because you forget that you serve the God of restoration and you forget that Jesus showed up so that we could do greater works than him and experience life everlasting in this life and in the next. And so tonight, tonight I wanna look at a few things that I believe that we've taken for granted that we lose sight of, that we've allowed to become white noise in our lives, or at the very least, we've just failed to realize the significance. And so tonight, point number one is this, because of the cross, we get personal access to God. Because of the cross, we get personal access to God. Did you ever stop, stop to think about that, that, that when we're talking about God, that, that this is God, the creator of all, that, that this is the God that, that moves mountains, that, that laid the foundation of the earth. And because of Jesus, we get personal access, a personal relationship to God, the creator of everything. Infinite power, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. I mean, there's, there's no greater name. We just, we just sang about that. And we miss the significance that that God that we sing about, that we get personal access with, that I can spend time with him just as I would spend time with my earthly father, that I can spend time with him just like I would spend it with my wife, that we can sit there and lean in and that he listens to us. People that, that if I were God, that I might think were insignificant. But the things that he did was for the very reason that we could go to him with all of our needs and all of our problems. And so sometimes we've forgotten 
We've forgotten that when we've cried out that he was there. And we need to remember just those moments that, that when your life was a wreck and your brokenness in the middle of that storm and that mess when nobody else was there, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that God was and that God is and that God will be. And so tonight, as we continue, I, wanna, I want you guys to turn to Hebrews 9. This is not going to be in your notes. Hebrews 9, um, verses 1 through th- 3. And I want us to take just a moment, and I want us to look at what access to God used to be like. Because before Jesus, we, we couldn't experience this. That, that when we look backwards, that, that those in the Bible we read about, many didn't have the type of relationship that we get to experience. And so Hebrews 9, 1 through 3, it says this, that first covenant, that first covenant being before Jesus, the Old Testament covenant, the one we read about in Deuteronomy, the one in Deuteronomy that says, for we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands our Lord God has given us, that covenant where we get to be counted righteous if we just believe in Jesus. And it says, for the first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth, that being the temple. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were the lampstand and table and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. There was a curtain and behind the curtain was a second room called the most holy place. Now, if you guys are sitting here and you're like, Man, Pastor Ann, that's incredibly lame. I would never go to that church. I get it. I wouldn't go there either. I mean, it sounds way too pretty. Um, But he goes on. It says, when these things were all in place, the priest, say the priest. The priest regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only, say only, only. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place. And only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. You know who wouldn't be allowed in the most holy place? This guy and any of you. And when we look at the fact that we get personal access to God, that, that people didn't always have that. That, that it's only because of Jesus, that it's only because of that sacrifice, that it's only because of that resurrection that, that we can go into God's presence now, in this place, and in this moment, that, that we can cry out to him, that we can call out to him, and that he's there, that there's no separation, that there's no curtain, that there's no distance, that, that there's no priest that we have to go to, there's no sacrificial lamb, because that lamb's already been given, that, that what Jesus did was significant today, in this moment, and in tomorrow, and we missed the point when we missed the fact that people couldn't always go into God's presence like we get the opportunity today. And we miss Sundays and we miss Mondays and we miss Bible reading and we miss prayer because it's become white noise. People would have craved that. They looked forward to that. They looked forward to this moment where they could go to God, their creator, on their own. And we have an opportunity to do that every day. Every day. I want to share with you out of Matthew, uh, Matthew 27, 50. And so this has to do with Jesus's death on the cross. Um, and it says, then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. That was the moment that Jesus died. Something significant happened in this moment. And it says this, at that moment, say at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks split apart. That moment wasn't for dramatic effect. 
That wasn't so Jesus could go like tweet about how awesome he was. Man, I tore the, tore the curtain in the temple, man. That wasn't about that. I mean, that, that curtain represented separation between God and God's people. And Jesus showed up. He laid down his life. And the moment he gave it up, that curtain was split in two. That moment signified that you and I have personal access to God, the creator, that, that we no longer had to go to the temple, that we no longer had to have somebody else go in our place, that Jesus changed all that, that Jesus changed the way that our relationship with God could operate in the middle of every mess that we have. And so again, point number one, we get personal access to God. I love the way that Hebrews explains it. Um, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and it says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, that the final high priest went into the most holy place, that Jesus, our high priest, went there. It said, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, say boldly, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That, that because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to come boldly with all of our needs, all of our hurts, all of our wounds, all of our brokenness, all of our sin, all of our mess, that we can come boldly to God, declare it before him and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And because Jesus took the weight of all that on himself, we're made right in God's eyes. And we miss the point when we allow it to become white noise, when we stop short and fail to recognize all that he did on the cross and all that he's given us. And so again, point number one was we get personal access to God. And it's not just that we have access to God, but because of the cross, God gets personal access to us. That God gets personal access to us. Again, sin before Jesus separated us from God. It separated us from God through a relationship with him. It kept distance. There was always distance because God, God's perfect. He's sinless. And so because of that, he couldn't, he couldn't enter us the way that he does now. But because of Jesus, we're able to have God's Holy Spirit on the inside, that we're able to have a personal relationship with him here and now. And so Acts um, 2, verse 36 and 37, it says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to all the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? He continues in verse 38, and it says, Peter realized or replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And so that, that gift that Christ gave us on the cross, that, that it starts with recognizing that we turn away from our old life, that we turn towards him. I mean, that's what Easter is about. That's what Christianity is about. That was the whole reason that Christ came is so that we could have forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. But it goes on, it says, then when you do this, then say then, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's God's spirit, that, that God makes us his temple, that, that he's no longer in a tabernacle behind a curtain. 
in the most holy of holy. That, that when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives and when we submit to him and when we come into that relationship and we make that decision that God's spirit lives on the inside of us. It doesn't get much personal than that. It doesn't get much better than that. That, that we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us. And because of that, God does a work in our, in our lives. And because of that, not only do we turn away from sin, but, but we're made new, we're changed, we're transformed. Because of that, we get to walk out each and every day anew and, and moving closer and closer to a life that looks like Jesus. Because of that, the things that we entered the relationship with God in, we don't have to keep with us. They don't have to remain the same. That if we give it over to God, if we allow his Holy Spirit to work, that he transforms us, that he changes us, that there's fruit in our lives, that there's evidence of his movement in each and every area that because of the spirit of God on the inside, that, that I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I get a personal relationship with God and he gets one in me where he shapes and transforms me. And it's not because he didn't love me. It's because he loved me so much that he gave me his son Jesus on the cross to die for me and that he loved me so much that he wasn't gonna leave me in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my brokenness, that he was gonna change me so I could experience a better, better life here and look forward to a better ever after this life. That God changes us and transforms us through the power and through the work of his Holy Spirit. And so again, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then not only do we have personal access and a personal relationship with God, but he gets a personal relationship with us. He gets personal access to us to transform and to change us so that we can experience something better here and now. So you can experience something better in your relationships, in your marriage, with your children, at work, in every situation. And so again, point number two, God gets personal access to us. Point number three, because of the cross, because of the cross, we experience freedom from sin. That, that the things that marred our lives, the things that, that kept us trapped, the things that, that hold us back, that because of Jesus and because of what he's done, when we hand those things over to him and we allow him to work, we experience freedom now, here, in what we're going through. Romans 6, 5 through 6 says, since we have been united with him in his death. We will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. I wanna say that again. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer, say no longer, no longer slaves to sin, that, that the promise of the cross is not just salvation, which is a huge deal, but, but it's freedom that we get to experience here, that we don't have to remain trapped, that we don't have to remain stuck, that, that we can experience something greater. And we miss the point because we forget all that he's done for us. We forget the significance and we allow it to become background noise and we step out of places like this. We step out of moments like this and we step back into our old life and our old ways and we fail to pick up what he's actually done for us. Verses seven through nine, it continues. It says, for when we died with Christ, we were set free 
from the power of sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free. We have freedom in our sins because of Christ, that that if we'll make him Lord, if we'll ask for forgiveness, if we'll submit to him and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that, that it's meant to do, we can experience freedom from sin. And so for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. And say the work of the cross was about so much, so much that we miss, so much that that we allowed just to to ride in the background and we fail to realize the significance of it. Continues in 10 and 11 and it says, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus that when he found us, we were spiritually dead. When he found us, we were broken. When he found us, we were trapped. We were in slavery to our lives. And when, when he found us and set us free, set us free from all of it, that we no longer have to remain the same. We no longer have to make the same choices day in and day out. We no longer have to live in the same broken, messed up lives that if we'll submit to him and follow him in every area, that there's more to experience. There's freedom from sin. There's personal relationship with God that that the crucifixion, that the resurrection has significance on more than just Easter. It's significant today and it's significant tomorrow and it's story changing. If you'll give God access to your lives and allow him to begin to work and to move in every area and every facet of what you're going through. And so I want to do something a little different tonight. Um, I want to I end just with a moment of God. If you, guys, if you guys would, just bow your head, close your eyes, and just begin to spend a moment with God. Just begin to think about, think about the moment that he began to shift and to change and, and the moment he began just to transform you. Father God, I just thank you. God, I thank you for just every individual that you've brought here. Father, I just thank you that, that you love them, Father, that you've orchestrated this moment that you've brought them here. And Lord, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would just begin to do a work in them, that you would open their eyes and their ears to you in this moment. Father, that you would just begin to change them and transform them. God, that you just begin to reveal yourself in all your glory. And Lord, I just pray that the significance of, you, of what you've done, the weight of it, Father, would be recognized by each of us tonight. And we thank you for this. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. And so before we go tonight, still with heads bowed and eyes closed, um, I just wanna take, take a moment. And if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, or maybe you've wanted to and, and you've just, you just weren't sure, if that's you tonight, I wanna pray for you. And in a second, If you're in here and you say, Pastor Aaron, I've done that before. I've gotten off track. I messed up and I get it. I've done that too. Or lastly, maybe you're in here and and you just want reassurance. You just want reassurance that that you are saved, that that Jesus is your Lord. If that's you, then I'm gonna pray for you too. And so for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit your life if you've gotten off track, 
or to recommit with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to do this. I just want you to raise your hand for me if that's you tonight. If you just want to take a moment and, and recommit, thank you. Let's take a moment to pray for you. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you love us. God, I thank you that you saved us, that you sent Jesus to live and to die so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven. And Father, I thank you for those that raised their hand tonight, Lord. And I just pray that that you would just do a work in their lives, Father, that you just begin just to open their hearts, to soften their hearts to the plan and to purpose of God. And we thank you for that. Now, I prayed for you and that's great, but, but Jesus didn't come for a religion, that when we when we talk about Easter, when we look at the work of the cross, that, that it was about a relationship. It was about that personal relationship that he wants with us, that he's offering us. And so because of that, um, you need to say that prayer. You need to ask him to be Lord of your life. And because we're for you tonight, I'm gonna ask everyone just to say this prayer with us. Say this, say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I know what that means. It means I'll follow you all the days of my life that I'll surrender my will to you and receive you as my savior thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins and I believe with all my heart that you were raised from the dead so I could be forgiven I call upon you now ask you to live in me forgive me and I thank you for forgiving me and saving me and loving me. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that awesome, man? Well, one last thing as we end tonight. Um, Again, if you want prayer over your decision personal, we would love to pray with you, for you. Um, But we also want to close with an opportunity to pick up one of these chips tonight. And so we have some white chips as our chip prayers and huggers come forward. And and what this is, it signifies that that maybe you want to lay something down. Maybe God's pressed something in your heart or your mind tonight and you recognize that that you need to just lay it at the foot of the cross. So I want to encourage you, if that's you, to come pick up one of these chips. And then lastly, if you just want prayer, not for salvation or anything like that. Maybe you just want somebody to pray over just your your life, your situation, the things that are going on. We would love to do that for you. And so if that's you tonight, if you just need prayer, we wanna encourage you to come down. And so if you guys would do this as we close, if you would just stand and join us in worship.